Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by a wonderful company, Creation to Revelation. This group of Christians believe it is extremely important that we teach the Word of God to our kids. They have original graphic illustrations from the beginning of the Bible to the end, featuring the beautiful and consistent presence of Jesus throughout. You can explore all of that at creationtorevelation.com. I'm so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back, and thanks for joining in today. I'd like to begin with a book recommendation. It's written by a man named Jeff Olson, and it's titled The Slight Edge. It's a purely secular book, but it deals with human nature, like yours and mine, and you and I understand that we have been made by God and for God, and so what you and I get to do is use material like this to help us in our daily walk, just like everyone else is doing, but also to help us improve in our faith and in our commitment to God. I probably should have titled today's episode The Slight Edge, but honestly, this book is filled with so many good ideas that I want to use it as some background resource material for a variety of topics throughout the rest of the year. And that begins with today's episode, Breaking the Cycle. There was a repeating cycle in Jeff Olson's life that he finally decided to change. And I have a feeling that this will sound very familiar to you. Now, the first thing that I want to do is put an image in your mind that comes up when you hear the term breaking the cycle. We need to make sure that we're on the same wavelength. And I use that term on purpose. Can you visualize what a wavelength looks like? Or maybe just sound waves on a screen. There is a bottom line, a baseline, and there is also a limiting line across the top. And so the wave starts at the bottom and works its way up to the top and then curves and goes back down to the bottom and then curves its way back to the top And on it goes forward, up and down, over and over again. That is the nature of the cycle we will discuss today, and we want to figure out how to break it. Specifically, when you get to that top line, how do you break through it and establish a new top line instead of systematically working your way back down to the bottom? In the opening chapters of the book, Jeff describes his life in this way. He was raised at the bottom, under difficult circumstances. So he broke free from that and got enrolled in college. But then he dropped out, moved to the coast, and became a beach bum. From there, he was afraid he would starve to death. So he moved back home and went back to school and graduated and got a job and started a business. But then the business failed, and he was in deeper debt than he'd ever been before. Fearing that his life might be totally ruined forever, he went and started another business, a better one. And as he started to reach a level of stability again, and that word stability or normalcy will occur again in this episode, he started to wonder, how do I keep from losing it all again? Is it possible to push through normal and move on to excellence instead of having to lose it all again before I get motivated to fight for what I want? And that is precisely the question that I hope to help answer for you today. Between Jeff's work and conclusions and my own, 
I want to share with you two things, crucial things, that can help you break the cycle of oscillating between rock bottom and head above water. Does that wave or cycle sound familiar to you? For some listening, it may describe every part of your life. For others of us, it probably just describes certain sectors, but important ones. Maybe it's your walk of faith. You move up and down from totally falling apart to at least I'm going to church regularly. Maybe it's your health and fitness. You go from eating everything you can find and feeling miserable to losing five pounds and at least feeling somewhat better about yourself. Maybe in your marriage, you go from, I don't know if we're going to make it, to the high point of, well, we haven't yelled at each other in a week. Maybe it's your finances. You go from, I think they're about to take the car away, to, well, it looks like we're actually going to make it this month. I just don't think God wants us to live a life like that, where we go from devastation to pretty good. For a little while, anyway, until we're back in desperation mode, which triggers better behavior until we get to feeling okay again. Meanwhile, up above that top line of hanging in there is a tremendous amount of potential, true transformation, levels of joy and peace and great relationships and incredible sharing and godliness that you may have never experienced before. It's possible you've never even seen anyone in your family break through the top line before. Sometimes this cycle is just about being stuck in learned and comfortable behavior, even though we're mostly uncomfortable at every stage in it. So what can we do about that? Well, as I said, two things, and here's the first one. I want you to understand the motivating power of pure emotion. Intense emotional feeling is a powerful driving force to changed behavior. Where there is no passion, where you have not captured some driving spirit or purpose or plan, it is practically impossible to sustain a disciplined life unless somehow along the way you rutted in good behavior so incredibly that you don't need any emotional impetus to continue it. And that is genuinely possible. I've gotten there with things like flossing my teeth twice a day or reading my Bible in the mornings. But most things require emotion to work. For instance, in Jeff's case or yours, what is it that drives you to bounce off of the bottom line of desperation? The answer is fear. Fear is a powerful motivator. Fear of loss. Fear of irreversible conditions. Fear of death. Fear is a factor for everyone, and if you are terrified enough, unless you're on that 5% of the spectrum who do nothing with that, most of us use it and use it well. Jeff was afraid that he would become a victim of his raising, so he went to college. Then he was afraid he would starve to death on a beach in Florida, so he went back to school. Then he was afraid he would be in debt from a business loss and lose everything, so he started another business. Fear, as we will see today, is not a good long-term solution, but it does illustrate our point quite easily. Let's walk through some issues that relate to you and me. 
You go to the doctor and they tell you you are pre-diabetic. You are this close to, and then comes this list of terrible consequences. You are immediately terrified. So you go home and you throw all the sugar out of the house. And you get the natural foods. And you buy some tennis shoes and you go walking every morning. You can't change your pre-diabetic condition overnight. There is no magical instant pill. But it also isn't complicated. It's a series of simple daily things that are easy to do. But they're also easy not to do. The difference is you're scared to death. So you do them. Months go by. You get back to the doctor. You're no longer pre-diabetic. Everything's looking great. Now, 5% of people go home and keep it going. But most people, now that they do not live in fear, eventually cycle back to undisciplined behavior, and the whole thing starts over again. We could do this all day. Let's talk about marriage. Maybe your marriage is in shambles. You reach a point of desperation where the only thing that can happen now is it all falls apart. And you start thinking about the consequences of that and you get scared. So you go buy the Love Dare book. You make a few changes at home. You can't fix it overnight, but there are some easy things you can do every day. You can tell your spouse you love them every day. It's easy to do. It's also easy not to do, but you're scared, so you do it. Well, what happens? A month or two goes by, and you reach a point of decency. The marriage is doing okay. The fear subsides. The emotion isn't driving it anymore, and you know what happens next. We start the cycle all over again. How many times have we seen this with people's faith? They hit rock bottom. They're scared of going to hell. They fear the vengeance of God. Or maybe they're about to go off to war and they fear that they're going to die. Whatever it is, it motivates them. They come back to church. They start reading their Bibles. They make good connections. Things get better. At least they continue to get better until they're not afraid anymore. I told you, fear is good. It illustrates the transforming power of passion. But fear is not a good long-term solution. Because fear is only designed to get us off of the bottom line. It is not designed to sustain us. The Bible teaches us that very clearly. So, how does all of that apply to you? Well, ultimately, the same things you were doing when you're scared, you should continue to do when you're not scared. The problem is, when you're not scared, you won't have any reason to keep doing them. Unless you can replace fear with something just as strong. You can dig into and access an emotion, a driving force that sustains you after the fear, more than the fear, and for longer. And I want you to know that the only thing that can do that is love. Love for the greatness of God, love for your spouse or your friends, love for the life you now have and the great potential within it can and will take you to new heights. The Bible even says that perfect love casts out fear. It doesn't need it. I'm not serving God faithfully today because I'm afraid of hell. I'm serving God because I am deeply in love with the goodness of my King. A huge part of this is looking forward beyond that old upper line of just stability on to the great joys of success. But tie those successes and fuel them 
by love in relationships. Let me give you a couple of personal examples. While I haven't been a runner in a while, I've gotten back to watching what I eat and taking care of my health. I've had a few health scares in the past, and those did a lot for me in the short term. But presently, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm kind of up near that top line of stability. I feel pretty good. But what I want to do is play ball with my grandkids one day. What I want to do is knock out all 120 trails in Sedona with my bride. I want to love them and be loved by them. God's plans are his own. God will take me when he's ready. But I am motivated to simple, easy, consistent, better behavior because of passion that I have for the relationships in my life. I've always had a decent handle on my finances, but I went from a nice, stable approach to one of much greater success when I found a deep emotional connection with the process. Rarely in my life has it been about fear of losing everything. I think the last time that happened was 20 years ago. But now, it's love. I love Jesus, and I can't wait to share in a way that better exemplifies his heart. I love my family, and I want to be secure for them so that we can be who God wants us to be. I love the people that I know who are hurting and need help, and I just want to be able to help them better than ever. You see, the changes aren't complicated. If I walked you through the things I'm trying to do every day to grow my faith or to put aside more money to help people or to make my marriage better, you wouldn't be blown away by any of them. They're all easy things to do. They're just also easy things not to do. But to the extent that I and others have tapped into the emotional power of love and a forecast of what I want that to look like, those things are not just easy, they're automatic. And I can do them even when I don't want to do them because I am fueled by a passion and a vision that is bigger than the challenges of daily discipline. Okay, so here's the second part of that, although it's somewhat obvious. Jeff Olson came away with this eureka moment. If I kept doing the things that got me from desperation to stability, even once I was stable, then maybe I could keep going until I reached a point of true success. Now, he said that and illustrated it far more eloquently than I've stated it here. But in the end, that's what we're talking about. When you got home from the doctor with the pre-diabetic diagnosis, the things you did for the next three months, if you did them for the next three years, even after the doctor said you were fine, you would find a whole new level for fine. Because whether it was failing health or budget or family life or even your faith, you knew there was no magic pill, no lottery ticket. You just had to make daily discipline changes. And you did so. And it wasn't hard things, running two hours a day. It was easy, simple things, walk 30 minutes per day. It wasn't fast for 24 hours. It was fast for one meal. It wasn't take your wife to Europe to save your marriage. It was put your cell phone in a basket for the night when you get home from work. With faith, it wasn't memorize the whole Bible, become a sinless Christian, and convert five people a week. It was a chapter in the New Testament every day, and a better commitment to the meeting of God's people. 
I know that if you're like me, you did those things because you were afraid. But the point is, you did those things. You can do those things. You've probably proven it a hundred times in your life when you were afraid it was all going to fall apart and you managed to put it back together. Now then, in order to get from, well, I've got it all put back together to constructing something beautiful on top of it, nothing has really changed. You don't have to do something amazing, enormous, costly, or definitive. We're not trying to go from stable to successful on a rocket ship. We just have to keep doing what works. And over time, the results can be astronomical. Now, you might wonder, why don't I always do that? If it was working and I was on track for new heights, why did I stop doing those easy things when I was no longer afraid? Well, mainly, we start staring at and evaluating the choices in and of themselves, become unimpressed, and then stop doing them. Skipping Starbucks to save $4 a day. One, that's such a little thing. How can that help? Two, it doesn't bring immediate results for the bottom line of my budget. And three, it just seems insignificant in the grand scheme of things. You see what's happened? I've stripped away the emotional power of fear, and now I'm looking at the things that got me out of that mess, and they don't seem impressive anymore. But of course, they are. The power of compounding interest. The significance of small, easy, daily disciplines stretched out over time, making massive and eventually very visible and significant differences. And hey, don't undermine the things that actually got you from desperation back to stability. Just keep doing them. You don't know how far good daily behavior can take you, but at least you know what that good daily behavior is and that you have the power to do it. And that's a pretty amazing blessing. But as we close, let me remind you, you must be emotional about this. You must trigger some power within you that is greater than the deed itself. Fear is fine for a while, but not a long-term solution. Love never fails. A lack of passion and vision is exactly why good things that are easy to do every day become so easy not to do. And I would say that results and new upper lines of success won't even be in focus. Instead, it will be the power of that daily passion, how great you feel about yourself, that you made choices that were consistent with it. No more cycling back. If you know what you need to do and you know why you're doing it, you have everything you need to break the cycle. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.